and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'm doing another two books, one episode because I'm lazy. Well, really it's because I finished reading Dava Shastri's Last Day by Kirath, wait, Kirthana Ramasetti and didn't have enough to say about it to fill an entire episode. And the book I'm currently reading is In 27 Days by Alison Gervais, which will be the second book in this episode that I talk about. But I'm not recording this all in one go. And I wasn't planning on doing an episode for In 27 Days. But now that I don't have enough to say about this first book, I was like, I'll just do it like I did the last one. So you're getting another two books, one episode sort of vibe. Again, the books are very, very different. We have a literary fiction with Dava Shastri's Last Day and then a YA novel that began as a book on Wattpad for book number two in 27 days. So if you're only here for one or the other, then just listen to one or the other section. But you know, you might learn some fun things about the other book and maybe find something you wanna read but also maybe not because I was not the biggest fan of Dava Shastri's Last Day, which I'll talk about later. And if you listen to the last episode, which was also a twofer, I believe it was um, The Wilder Woman and uh, The Unhoneymooners. So if you listen to that, then you uh, might know that I wasn't liking Dava Shastri's Last Day when I recorded that. I did come, I did come around as I got into the second half and the ending of the book. But again, that is more for me to do during the discussion section. So the way this is going to work is that there's going to be a shorter plot summary, hopefully about five minutes, and then about 10 minutes of discussion for each book. So uh, let's see. I guess before we get there, I must issue a spoiler warning. If you don't want Dava Shastri's Last Day by Krathana Ramasetti to be spoiled, stop here. Go read the book. If you really like literary fiction books surrounding families and none of the characters are very likable, then this is for you. If you don't like literary fiction, this is not for you. If you don't like books where literally nobody's likable, then this might also not be for you. But it was a Good Morning America book club pick, but you know, Good Morning America is going through it right now. So it was a very well-written book. However, It was not one of my favorites. Anyways, um, let's just get into the plot summary. So the premise of this book is that Dava Shastri is the matriarch of this family. She is Indian American and and her late husband was, I think, Swedish. And so she's kind of this matriarch and she is really famous and is a famous philanthropist. She originally started like um, this company where she was giving money to help like launch artists like music artists and then she sold the company and then later um became a philanthropist and like has this big foundation where she gives money away blah 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 and she is obsessed with her name and the shastri name and it being synonymous with giving and philanthropy kind of like the rockefellers so she found out that she has some sort of terminal illness i don't remember what it was maybe like some sort of cancer, something like that. And they were like, you could get treatment and maybe live longer, but you're not going to be able to continue like doing your job. You're just going to have to stop. Or you could 
not she's like well I don't want to do that they're like well then you only have a few months to live so she decides she's going to um basically have a physician assisted suicide on the day after Christmas I believe yeah so hey kind of a Christmas novel everybody so somehow it became timely that I read honestly both of these books that are in this episode are not exactly holiday themed but happen during the holidays this happens right after Christmas and on Christmas and in 27 days is um, like Thanksgiving leading up to Christmas. So it's like the end of November to like the first or second week of December. So, you know, these are both actually holiday reads, but not. But I am reading a holiday read for the, well, it wouldn't be the next episode because I'm trying to release it earlier. But I did read a, a, a Christmas romance Kiss Her Once for Me. So go check out that episode, which would have already been posted, even though I haven't read that book yet. Okay, anyways, so she decides she's going to do that, and she also decides to have her um, lawyer release a statement that she died the day before she's actually going to have the suicide-assisted suicide because she wants to read her obituary. She wants to know what people are saying about her. So she invites her whole family. She has four children. Two of them are married, and both of them have two children, and then the other, then she's got, so she's got the oldest son, he has a husband and two daughters, the oldest daughter who has a husband and two sons, and then um, her younger daughter who is dating a married couple who has a child, but they're not invited, and then her youngest son who recently got engaged and his fiance is pregnant with their first child. And she has them all come. She has this, like, island, like, off of New York somewhere. And she's like, you guys can't bring your phones, your laptops, anything. And if you do, I'm putting them in these lockboxes. Which at the time, they just think, oh, mom's being weird. But it's actually so nobody can leak that she's actually still alive. And so then the, the next day, they wake up and they're like, mom, why is the news saying you're dead? She tells them. They're all, like, upset. And she's like, I changed my will. So as long as you never say what happened here, you can all inherit, like, no matter what. Because previously they could only inherit if they kept the Shastri last name, which is why all of them have hyphenated names. Anyways, so then the first obituary is rolling and they're pretty good, you know, talking about her philanthropy. But then two secrets from her past come out. The first is there was this famous musician named Dave Buck and he wrote a song called Dava and it was super popular and then people speculated that they had an affair so that keeps popping up and then about halfway through the book you find out that they actually did have about a year-long affair while she was married to her husband and then it also comes out that she has another child that she gave up for adoption so she explains to her children that when she was in college she had this boyfriend he was abusive she got pregnant and she went to study abroad and broke up with him. And then when she was in London studying abroad, she realized she was pregnant and decided to give her child up for adoption so she could continue to live her life and her child could be raised by a good family, blah, blah, blah. And later in life, her son, RV, who's the oldest son, ends up giving like a grant to her other daughter that they don't know about. And she reconnected with her and kind of became a mentor figure in the last like couple years um, of her life. And so she makes a post that's like, I think Dava Shastri might have been my mother. I don't know. So all of that's coming out and kind of overshadowing the good work she did as a philanthropist. There's also a lot of like family drama going, going on um, 
Rev, the youngest son, is like engaged and going to be a father, but he's like, I don't actually know if I want any of these things. The oldest son, RV, is probably an alcoholic and he, his marriage is on the rocks and he's very angry. He's been really angry with his mom basically ever since his dad passed away. And now like learning about this affair makes it worse. The oldest daughter, Sita, is kind of being pushed to become like a junior version of her mom. Like her mom's like, go take take over as CEO, but she doesn't want to because it's taking her away from her children and husband. And then Callie, the younger daughter, is like struggling with the fact that nobody accepts that she has like a polyamorous relationship. She does end up breaking up with them because they are selling drugs and could get arrested and stuff like that. But she's like dealing with that. All, all like, and as this is going on, Dava is like requesting them to do like a bunch of things and contradicting, and they're all just dealing with the fact that their mom's going to die. At the end of the book, there is kind of some rec reconciliation both between the siblings, who some of them had rocky relationships and with the mom, with Dava, and she does end up um, dying at the end, and they do not reveal the secret, but they do end up connecting with her other daughter. She, what was her name? Let me find it. Okay, here we go. Her other daughter, Chaitana, Ch I don't know how to say that. My, my um, white English person mind, I would read that as Chaitana, but that's probably not correct. So I apologize for that because I didn't look that up. So anyway, so all of that happens and then she dies and then there's kind of like a little epilogue that tells you kind of where they are and that um, the oldest son ends up going to rehab and kind of like working on his relationship and becoming a better father and partner. The youngest son ends up breaking up with Sandy and while he's a dad, I don't think they ever get back together. The oldest daughter takes a year off of work and travels with her family and doesn't like do as her mom wishes, but ends up being a lot happier. And then the younger daughter, she ends up uh, reconnecting with the other daughter, with the like daughter who was adopted and just like doing her art stuff and really like making sure her mom's name is known. So that is the plot of this book. Um, very much condensed. I didn't mostly just telling you about kind of interpersonal relationships and the two big dramas. So let's get into a discussion of this book. Let's first start with my own personal feelings about it. So as I've alluded to and just said, I, the first half didn't like it. Dava was very unlikable because she was absolutely obsessed with herself like, she was very much concerned with how she looked to the outside world, how people were perceiving her, and that her name live on as a major philanthropist and, like, a doer of good and all of that. And she really ignored her children and grandchildren. At the end, there's, like, a scene where all her grandchildren are with her and she lets them all ask her um, a question. And that's when we end up getting a lot of answers about what actually happened with Tom Buck and what actually happened with her um, adopted daughter and like things like that and she realizes and like admits that she didn't do a good job of actually getting to know her grandchildren and then like you're also in the first half seeing a lot of Dava just asking really difficult things of her children things that they don't want to do and just so that her name could live on 
And so that she's kind of hard to like because she's very prideful and like egotistical in a way. However, there's also this other side of her as you get like further in and she's like becoming more and more reflective and you're also seeing things in her past that she's definitely multidimensional and you see that she does care about her children. Now, I think I'd probably would be very salty like her oldest son. However, hopefully I would not um, become like him and how he acts and the struggles he has going on in his life. But like as you get to the end and there's reconciliation and difficult conversations happening between everybody, I grew to like this book more. Now, this is not a book I would read again. This is not a book I would just like go around recommending to people or say that I liked it. However, like, you know what it kind of almost reminds me of? This actually kind of reminds me of when I read Little Fires Everywhere and the Brit Bennett book. What was that one called? Where there were the two twins and one of them passes as white and the other one doesn't. I can't remember what that book was called, but when I read both of those books, I didn't necessarily... Well, especially when I read Little Fires Everywhere, nobody's very like, nobody's likable in that book. In the Britt Bennett book, there are a few characters who I really rooted for and liked and enjoyed. But, and these were all family dramas too, kind of. But like, with Little Fires Everywhere, everybody sucks. Like, nobody's very likable. And it makes it hard to read, except it's also like, those books are like important reads because you're having discussions about like, in um, the Britt Bennett book, you're having discussions about, like, racism, colorism, and, like, all of that. And in the um, Little Fires Everywhere book, you're having discussions or, like, you're reading about, like, class um, and also some racism and stuff like that. And so, like, you're facing difficult things. And in this book, what's really interesting is that the matriarch of the family is this strong Indian woman or Indian American woman. And, like, that was really interesting, kind of seeing how her own background played into who she wanted to be. And I also think that, like, as you're reading more and more about her, you're learning more about her, so she becomes more likable. But I wouldn't say she's likable at the end. Maybe you empathize with her more. What was really interesting is that you're seeing this depiction of her that's very not traditional she like at one point she has a conversation with her husband like in the past and one of the flashbacks where she's like I need a wife I cannot be a wife but like I want to go out and make my name and I'm gonna need somebody behind me supporting me like traditionally a man has his wife but so she's like would you be able to do this for me if not like I'll figure out a way around it whatever and her husband is very supportive which makes the fact that he that she cheats on him for so long awful but her explanation which is kind of poor is like this happens like about a year after her mom dies so she's full of grief she's got three children and she's super busy and overwrought and overrun and she explains her time with Tom Book as, like, her own personal therapy where she was just able to, like, decompress and, like, let go of being a mother and a wife and a boss and all those other things, which in a way I understand, but also, like, you were married, so you shouldn't be doing that. And she also talks about how, like, she loves her husband. She never had those same feelings for Tom Buck and she would never leave her husband and he was the one for her, the only one. So 
I don't know, very interesting, very complicated. And Dava wasn't the only character who was unlikable. Almost everybody else was. Like, Rev is, like, self-absorbed. RV is, like, needs some therapy and some rehab. Everybody's, like, kind of, like, at one point, Sandy's very much only concerned about, like, if their child's going to get money from the will because the child's not actually in the will or born yet, like, all this different stuff. There's just a lot going on, and I didn't love all of it. I don't know. Um, I think that this would be a really good book to discuss at a book club. Like, this is a book club novel because there's a lot of interesting topics that you could discuss because, oh, I guess what I was saying about Dava is that, and also, like, I also wonder if some of my, like, unconscious bias is coming in here. Like, if this was a man or if this was a white woman or whatever, would I feel the same way towards Dava and towards this book in general? I think the answer is yes, because if we look at those other books that I was talking about, like Little Fires Everywhere, that is, like, white a white family and, like, the mom in that book is kind of, there's not a protagonist, but kind of like the, I guess would be this, I don't know. And I didn't really like that either. So I think I just don't like books following like family drama and everybody's unlikable. But then I think about, I read um, When We Were Bright and Beautiful this year and I really enjoy that. I mean, I read it twice, like back, I read it back to back and that family is white and extremely unlikable. So, I don't know. I don't know. I actually am really interested in what kind of the general consensus about this book is. I think I might look it up after I'm done recording this episode, but I don't know. I'm really, I wonder if that does play a role. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the idea of faking your death. Like, I guess also if this was like a book club talking about it, they could talk about like the, um, ethics surrounding um assisted physician assisted suicide i'm not doing that here i don't care to partake in that dialogue right now but this idea of like not exactly faking your death but announcing your death a day or in this case i think it ends up being like two or three because of a snowstorm before you actually die first of all that puts your family in a very shitty situation because none of them including your grandchildren will ever be able to tell their partners or friends or anybody else about what happened because there would be legal ramifications. And so that sucks. She absolutely was buying their silence by changing her will. And then also, I don't know if I really need to read my obituary. I think part of that is because, first of all, I'm not this famous philanthropist or just famous in general. I'm just going to have a normal person obituary probably. I mean, hopefully I'm not going to die for another like 70 years, but well, maybe eight. 60, how old am I? 60, 70 years. Like, hopefully I'm going to be alive for a lot longer. And so who knows if I'll end up becoming famous in that time. Probably not, but you never know. And I just don't think I need to read that. I would be fine not reading my obituary. And she's not. And I wonder, at the end, she ends up regretting it because so much that comes out is about the two, I don't want to call like her her daughter a scandal but like the Tom Buck scandal and then the revelation about her have having 
of having had a daughter and given her up for adoption, like, you know, I think I'd rather just be gone and let those um, things come out after I'm gone and I don't have to deal with them or think about those things. So I don't know. I don't know, everybody. So I probably wouldn't do that. I don't think many other people would. And Dava definitely regrets it by the end wish, and definitely wishes she hadn't done it. But I guess the only positive is that she ends up having some last conversations with different people in her life. So that's good. And I'm now at about 21 minutes. So I'm going to stop here because we still have another book to discuss, which will happen, you know, when I finish it. And I'll come back here and record the second section. But anyway, so that's it for the Davashastri's last day section. I ended up having a lot to say with only having three bullets. I probably could have made this its own episode, but I've already recorded that I'm not going to do that. So you will now be learning about In 27 Days by Allison Gervais. Hello, everybody. To you, no time has passed. To me, just under a week has passed of time since I recorded the first part of this episode. I'm now about to record the part about In 27 Days by Alison Gervais, which is the second book, or the book I read after Dava Shastri's Last Day. Weirdly, there were connections, and I thought of another one, which we're just going to put this out here right now. Big trigger warning for this book is that is suicide. Basically, the premise of this book is at the beginning, the main character Hadley, one of her classmates, Arch Morales, commits suicide. She goes to his funeral and then is confronted by death, who offers her a deal to go back in time 27 days to try and save his life, basically convince him not to kill himself. And so uh, this is another spoiler that at the end, he does not commit suicide. However, that is the premise surrounding the book. So that is definitely can be and is a triggering topic. So you decide if you want to listen to this or not. But after I stopped recording for the Davashastri part, I was thinking about it and I was like, huh, both of these books also kind of have to do with suicide. But like one is like medically assisted terminal illness and one is um, a depressed, lonely teen. So very, very different vibes but also kind of connected. So that's the warning that you get for this book. And then also a spoiler warning in that I'm going to do a quick, less than five minute, hopefully, plot summary of In 27 Days by Alison Gervais. If you don't want this book to be spoiled, stop here, go read the book. If you like YA and this isn't a triggering topic for you, I would recommend it. I've really enjoyed it and I've read it a few times now. And I'm going to tell you all about its Wattpad journey as well. So That'll be really fun and revealing for me. And um, yeah, so without further ado, I'm going to get into the book. So I've already told you the premise. Main character Hadley, she doesn't really know Archer at all. They had English together freshman year. They worked on a project together and they're now juniors and she hasn't spoken to him since. But she feels really like hit by this. So she goes, she meets his family and then agrees to go back in time 27 days And so then starts her journey of trying to become Archer's friend. He's originally very resistant and reluctant because he's like, why are you trying to be friends with me? Is this some sort of bet? Like you never talked to me before, blah, blah, blah. But Hadley's persistent and he ends up saying, fine, we can hang out once. Meet me after school. So she does and he ends up taking her the long way around to a place that we find out is his family's coffee coffee house, coffee house, coffee house, Mama Mama Rosa's coffee? I don't know. And they end up working on their homework together and she meets his mom, his little sister, and his grandma. 
And um, then she basically gets him to agree to tutor her in geometry because she's really horrible at math. And so she, um, you know, they hang out a few more times. They hit a few roadblocks. Basically, one time at school, this douchebag guy comes up and is like, oh, Hadley, you shouldn't hang out with this guy. He's going to end up just like his dad who's in jail. And then Archer kind of avoids for her for a bit. And she ends up like trying to find him and going to the coffee shop. And his mom ends up offering her like a part-time job. And basically, we end up finding out that Archer's biological dad killed his stepdad when his mom was pregnant with his younger sister. And uh, it's pretty awful stuff, you know. And then the two of them sort of start becoming friends. And then this is the really condensed version. And then um, this guy named, uh, what was his name? Chaos? No. Havoc. Havoc shows up and basically is like, threatens Hadley. Like, you can't mess with uh, things. If you do, it won't end well for you. Basically being like, somebody's going to die. And it can either be Archer or it could be you. And Hadley's like, leave me and his family and all of us alone, blah, blah, blah. And then bad things start to happen in Archer's life. His mom has like a panic attack, basically a flashback PTSD episode. Um, The dad like is trying to peel his sentence. His grandma has a stroke, like his cousin is in a bus accident. Also during this time, Hadley ends up realizing like, oh my God, like I have a crush on Archer and they kiss (gasps) at one point. She's also in, her parents suck. They're like, one of them's like a lawyer and one of them's like a CFO or something. So they're never home. And they're like, we're going on this business trip for Thanksgiving. Sorry, bye. And she ends up yelling at them and then they leave. And then she spends Thanksgiving with Archer's family, meets all the rest of her cousin or his cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody and feels finally part of something. They're becoming good friends. Like I said, all this bad stuff happens. And then I think the final thing is the grandma's stroke. And Archer's like, I'm going to go to the hospital. And Hadley's like, I want to go too. He's like, bro, it's at this point, it's been 25 days. This is a family thing. Don't come. Like, you're not my family, basically. Hadley's obviously upset. And the first few times I read it, I was like, oh my God, Archer's so mean. But I've read this book at least three times now. And I'm like, well, they've only been friends for less than a month. And I don't think I would let my friend of one month come with me if my grandma had a stroke to the hospital. Anyways, but Hadley decides to go anyway. She gets hit by a taxi that Havoc's driving and she ends up in the hospital, wakes up like a few days later, a week or so later, and she's like very much banged up, like broken ribs, concussion, a broken leg, like whatever. But she saved Archer's life. That's basically, and so like they end up starting to date and her parents become better parents and she's a better friend and like whatever. That's basically what happens in this book. So yeah, let's get into the discussion section. That was, I think, pretty short, but I'm looking at my time and it's at 27 and a half minutes already because I said a lot more about Davashastri than I thought I was going to. So this is actually the mini-sode with the Davashastri stuff being actually normal length. I could have just done one episode, but... I've committed and I already had recorded that I was going to also talk about this book. So I'm getting hit and I am recording some thoughts about it. So this book was originally written on Wattpad and that is actually how I found it. And the plot, the general plot is the same. The character names are basically the same, except Archer has three triplet sisters versus just the one sister in this book. I think the cha- that change is good 
but there's some gen there's some plot points that are kind of different like Hadley's friends are actually bad versus in this book they're actually nice and she's just ignoring them there's a few different things like Hadley goes on like a vacation with Archer's family at one point which does not happen in this book instead it's replaced by um, a scene where she goes to like a church potluck with them which is a lot more appropriate and like published bookish versus Wattpad-ish but I'm listen if you want to like get the vibes I actually really enjoyed the Wattpad book so much that I got this book like the actual published version of it so yeah it is different but it's generally the same I don't remember exactly what year the Wattpad one was but it's really giving off like 2014 Wattpad vibes and that Archer like smokes cigarettes which was like such a thing back when I was in high school and I was reading these like YA high school romance Wattpad books where like the main guy was like a bad boy and he smoked cigarettes and rode a motorcycle where I like think back on it and I'm like I don't think I knew anybody who smoked cigarettes in high school or even when I was in college like people my age don't smoke cigarettes if they smoke they either vape or they smoke weed which is very very different and so I'm glad that was also taken out in this version of it but the general storyline is the same. So I, I would recommend the Wattpad version if you have an account and you're interested and you want to. I, I wonder if it's still free because now Wattpad makes you pay for some of their more popular stuff, which I don't do. I'm not giving them any of my money. Are you crazy? But anyways, so I would recommend reading that if it's not expensive. A few other things I want to talk about is the bad copy editor of this book. So I don't know, like this, I think was traditionally published. It was published by Blink, which I think is like not like the most like best publisher, but like this is printed. It's got like, it's like sort, it's like, it's a traditionally published, I think. So when those things happen, you have to have a copy editor and their copy editor editor sucked. There was like one place where there was two periods at the end of a sentence, another one where there's a random space before a comma, like a word misspelled. Like there was like at least three, like, like every time I read this book, I feel like I find a new grammatical error and it's so upsetting. I hope if they've printed more copies of this book since it came out, like if there's a paperback, cause I have a hardback copy. I hope somebody caught that and fixed it. Cause that's super unprofessional and also like, I don't blame the author for this because there are the editor's job is to catch that stuff and like then it goes through a bunch of edits and people looking at it so I was very disappointed when I saw those things and um, I'm letting you all know that that also happened but pretty upsetting. Another random thing that is very Wattpad-esque from this book is that Archer's whole family speaks Italian except like basically the story it's like not even his grandma is an immigrant from Italy. It's like his grandma's parents or grandparents or something like that. And I'm here to tell you that if you're like fifth generation Italian, you don't speak Italian. Like, I think if almost any sort of like fifth generation, you're, I, what is the science? I, there's like stu- been studies and I think it's like after the second generation, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to be speaking whatever like your native, I don't want to say native, but like, like the language that of, wherever your grandparents came from or whatever like if you think I I don't know what I'm saying 
but basically it's like not likely that his whole family knows how to speak Italian like people just don't do that like a lot of people when they move to America it's like the parents will speak whatever their native language is and they the kids will also speak it and translate but when those kids have children they're not teaching them that, whatever that language may be and that's I'm pretty sure a fact pretty sure there's there's some science behind like uh social science behind that some studies that back that so it just makes me laugh that they all speak Italian because that's very much like a Wattpad thing mostly because it would be like oh the main guy character's talking to the main girl character in a foreign language and it's supposed to be really sexy which is not at all how it's like used in this book but I just think it's funny and also unrealistic but I will say that I enjoy this book this is like the third time that I've read it I've also just realized what the other connection with the Dava Shastri book is which I've already told you but for me it's been like six days so I forgot but it's the fact that this also takes place around the Christmas holidays and more specifically Thanksgiving um but at the end kind of the epilogue section is taking place on Christmas so you know but anyway so I basically like last year around this time I read um tell me three things again and then when I finished it I didn't have time to pick up this book but I was like damn I really want to and it takes place around Thanksgiving Christmas so I wanted to read it around Thanksgiving Christmas time and so I finally, I, this year I like didn't think I was going to get the chance to, but I ended up having the time because it took so long for my book of the month books to come in. And anyways, so I did read it and I think if you're going to read it, fall, winter is a great time to read it just based on when it's um, happening, but also you can read it whenever you want. And all that is to say is that I wouldn't read this book for I think the th third time with the physical second or third time with the physical printed copy I think third and then I've read the Wattpad version I think only the one time but um so I've read this a version of this book at least four times and you know you don't keep rereading something unless you like it or you're very anxious and you have to know how things end but for me with reading that's not really an issue for me in general that's not like a thing but some people that definitely is a thing that's why they watch the same show one million times anyways I just enjoyed it. I don't have much more I was going to say. Like I said, I wasn't originally going to record an episode on this, but I did. And I mean, we're in around when I normally end an episode, so we are just going to end it here. So what's coming next? I have literally no idea because what I actually read after In 27 Days was Kiss Her Once For Me by Alison Cochran, which was my Christmas holiday special episode, which came out probably at this point, maybe two months ago, one month ago, whenever it might be. And so I now I'm going into like me physically, but not for you, but for me in this timeline, that's not your timeline, but it's mine. I am like, okay, I'm about to leave for my Christmas vacation, go visit my family. Sometimes I a, don't read when I'm there and B, Maybe I'm going to get a book for Christmas. Maybe, I, like, I just don't know what I'm bringing or what I'm going to read. So I don't know what you're going to get next. So sorry if you read along with me. But I mean, if you have been, I just really apologize because I've been all over the place the past few months. But anyways, so you get to be surprised next week. You and me both will be surprised. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It would mean the world to me and it will help other people find it. 
Also, feel free to DM me on Instagram at I read a book once blog so we can talk about either of these books, my podcast. If you like this like two books, one episode format or if you like the normal one book, one episode format or like a wrap up format, like whatever, let me know how you feel. Uh, you could also email me at I read a book once blog at gmail.com and we can chat that way as well. So with that, my name is Emma. This was I read a book once and I'll catch you next time.